Welcome everyone to this month's Future Insight podcast. I'm pleased to introduce this month's guest, Professor Kelly Victor Burke. Thank you for being with us, Professor Victor Burke. Appreciate Thank it. Thank you. I uh, want to give you just a little bit of an introduction to uh, Professor Burke. Professor Burke is a lecturer emeritus uh, from Eastern Michigan University, and she is also the co-founder, owner, and CEO of Burke Architectural Millwork. And she is the lead creator, author, coordinator of the approved Department of Labor Registered Occupation and Apprenticeship Wordwork Manufacturing Specialist. So we're really pleased to have uh, Professor Victor Burke with us here uh, today. Uh, if you would, uh, Professor, one of the things we do on the podcast is I always start off by um, asking our guests if they would give us a little bit of insight in terms of uh, your professional journey uh, that uh, that brings you to uh, to this place here today. So with that, I'll, I'll turn it over to you to, to kind of give our listeners a little bit of that insight. Great. Well, I would say that my journey is one that is unexpected to find out where I've landed. Um, I began teaching at Eastern Michigan University, and I taught for 30 years in the Department of Geography and Geology, where I was, among other things, our post-Soviet expert, um, and also uh, ended with being the co-director of the Geotourism and Historic Preservation Undergraduate Program. I really loved teaching and continue to love teaching. I think that once you're an educator, you always are. And so my journey and this love that I have for education really evolved around a couple of, I think, pivotal things. One, when teaching undergraduate courses, I was lucky enough to become really part of our early college alliance, where we had high school students that would be attending my course. And I could see the excellence of the program and how dedicated they were to ensure that student transition from high school into the university setting was achieved. So that was the first thing. And then I would also say that I took advantage of a lot of the continuing uh, education that my university offered, like uh, the uh, becoming an advanced writing fellow. And from that, it evolved into having my geography of Russia and neighboring states course be the writing intensive course for my department. And so this love of of writing and how it can be accessible to all from, you know, my beginning freshman students all the way up to even graduate students. And then the last thing that really I think is very pivotal for me was, again, taking advantage of the professional development that my university offered, which was to become active in the literacy uh, or disciplinary literacy program. And this started with a spark. And the spark was that I was partnered with the head, uh, with the department head of mathematics. And I'm a, a cultural geographer, in large part, because I didn't want to take any math. 
<laughs> and so with the department head of math, we began this examination of each other's discipline and what does it take to be literate in both of our uh, prospective disciplines. And then I was able to bring this home and talk to my husband, who is the craftsman and the mill worker, and to say, what is it that in your industry and in your discipline as a custom cabinet maker, what is it that you think that needs to be taught for people that are coming into the field? That's great, that, that, that connection between the two. And I think that's one of the things that our listeners will find of, of, of tremendous interest is, is that connection that you've always had uh, with, uh, with K-12 through higher education back into, into, the, uh, into the workforce, into the workplace. Um, uh, that's, again, I think that's, that's a key insight that you have. I'm really intrigued by the early college uh, alliance program that you talked about there as well. From that experience that you had uh, with that program, what are some things, uh, again, that you found were some of those key variables, uh, you know, to uh, to success in terms of those uh, students that were making that transition, you know, from um, secondary to post-secondary? I found that it is all of the support that they give the student. Like, for example, having... Um, a, someone who is the their advisor who is overseeing their courses that they're taking each semester, as well making sure that the students communicate with their faculty members, and either through progress reports or just co- coaching the student to, to talk to your faculty member, your professor, and get to know them. Uh, this all these two things in particular I found to be what set the early college alliance students apart from the rest of my my course my students in my course excellent yeah that that's that's again you know that's one of the things that we're looking at are what are those experiences what are those factors that can play a role in terms of success in in making that transition but also in terms of retention uh, and persistence uh, once, uh, you know, individuals are in higher education. So, so that's great. But if you would, I, I was, uh, I was uh, also intrigued uh, with uh, your um, presentation at AWFS Fair uh, last year in Las Vegas um, and uh, in your conversation about, uh, well, let's start with, with, with you, you, the role that you played in creating the first 21st century approved Department of Labor Registered Apprenticeship in Woodworking, uh, Woodwork Manufacturing Specialist. Um, you talked a little bit about that. Could you help our listeners to understand uh, what exactly, you know, that, that is and, uh, and what that apprenticeship uh, entails? So many people do not know what architectural millwork is. And architectural millwork is all of the finished uh, wood or places where wood may touch metal or glass that is in every space. So every space has some kind of millwork in it. And um, when my husband and I had this opportunity to start our business, in particular, we created a mission and a vision and, and, you know, talking to many small business owners, that that's a higher order kind of, you know, uh, something that you, 
will engage in when there are so many millions of things that you have to do when you start a business. But again, coming from my perspective as an educator, I was like, okay, the first thing we have to do is come up with a mission and a vision. And But our mission from the very beginning was to not only create the and craft the finest architectural millwork for our client, but to be actively engaged in workforce development in the wood industry. So this is how I'm able to do all the, what I tell lovingly to all of my people that I interact with in this industry, my crazy things, you know, really how many small business owners are there to not only educate their own employees, actively engage their employees, but to bring that out to the general public and to do it with others in education, whether it's in uh, the K-12 setting or even in higher education. And to also, quite frankly, educate all the rest of the members of the wood industry as well. So there's a lot of, I may not have the same classroom that I did uh, at Eastern Michigan University, but I would say my classroom has just expanded and it's become global at this point. Right, right. Exactly. You've transcended the walls of a, of a traditional classroom, uh, without a doubt. Uh, yes. One of the things that you talked about when you, when you, um, you introduced that uh, at the AWFS um, uh, fair was the, uh, what you called the five advocacy S's. Um, could you talk a little bit about that? Again, I think our listeners would, would find that to be of interest as well. Could you, could you talk a little bit about that? And, and particularly, I was struck by the, the first one, school it, but if you could kind of introduce, if you would, the model and then, uh, and then maybe delve a little bit further in that. So many businesses talk a lot about how they cannot find employees. And I'm intrigued by that because I say, in my thinking, it's just about sort of like this PR problem, because we have great careers in the industry, in um, the wood industry, and I would say in particular in custom architectural millwork. And so um, out of this kind of attempt that I was trying to, uh, you know, to actively engage in workforce development, I, again, began to see how much that I have to educate my fellow industry um, business owners, as well as, you know, within the general public and within education, because there, you know, if, if you simply are a business that says, I can't find somebody, but you're not actively trying to resolve it, I think that you are maybe wasting a lot of energy. And how do you go about, again, uh, trying to resolve this to some degree? And so that's why I came up with my five advocacy S's. And this is like, number one, the school it is to, you know, educate everyone from that, uh, that elevator speech. If somebody says, what do you do? And then you have to say it within, you know, like five floors, you know, 30 seconds here. This is what architectural millwork work is. 
you have to educate um, the you you have to school it. You have to engage in uh, in going out and trying to recruit in the best way possible. And you have to do it with a great deal of enthusiasm and a great deal of passion, because that's really what we're looking for in for people to join our industry. So there's a lot of attraction. And the school at part, so when I was giving the, it's the WED talk, which is the uh, wood industry's version of a TED talk, my part about school it is to say, you got to go out there. You have to make a connection with your school systems, your K through 12. For us, that means you participate in things like manufacturing day when you invite your students in. You know, we were doing that before COVID hit and every year we had, we have a 9,000 square foot manufacturing facility, but we had like 110 to 120 students coming every year. That takes a great deal of choreographing to make it educational, which is what we did. Um, But also during COVID, I continued that tradition and I did it uh, virtually and I was able to have even more students come and look in on my shop. If you're a small business owner, how come you're not doing that? Right. The schooling as well. My my advocacy for my fellow business owners is to go out and make a relationship with your community college, your universities, and go and talk to them and make a relationship with them. Uh, you know, and so it's like I spent a lot of time going out to different schools to say what we do. And it's not time that is wasted, even if nobody does anything other than think it's interesting that I have some cool things on social media. But it could stick in their mind and you never know where it will lead. So that schooling part and, you know, schooling if you're make a relationship with your uh, political representatives, I'm very big on this. I, you know, another thing that I got from my university years is I was very active in our lobbying day, which was EMU and Lansing lobby day. And I was actually on the committee that um, organized it. And I took that piece and I applied it to my business and what a lot of support that I have from the people. And it doesn't matter what their party is and whether or not I, you know, agree with them. Because when it comes down to it, you know, your business, you know, the business and entrepreneurialism has really, you know, in, in my instance, it doesn't have anything to do with any political affiliation. So going out there and selling and selling and selling yourself and your business is a, 24-7 act. And then that show it part, you know, you have to show it off. I can't tell you how many times that I have been told as a manufacturer that social media does nothing for you and is a waste of time. <laughs> and I'm amazed. I'm like, well, you know, maybe because if you're manufacturing, let's say, some part, then maybe that 
you know, doesn't sound like, you know, perfect fodder for your social media channels. However, there's a lot of other things you could be doing with it. But in my case, we make beautiful things. (laughs) The things that we make, whether it's, you know, um, a, a beautiful picture of clamps holding a cabinet that, you know, may not be a Monet, but in my world, I think there's some beauty to it to see, to take a picture of the hands of one of our team members who is making something, um, the picture of a finished space that we've done. So the, the, the showing it, I think, is a really important part. And the selling it, you can see that I guess I have this salesperson inside me that has escaped. <laughs> and so, you know, always just selling it and, you know, making it like you really, really do uh, in your life. You want to come and join my company because it's going to be great and you're going to be taken care of and it's going to be, you know, very good for you. Um, and then, you know, the send it. I'm huge, right? I'm an educator. And so at Manufacturing Day, we actually, I set up five different educational um, stations. Right. And then every minute, this or every eight minutes, students would cycle through. And so at the, as part of it, I would give them in a lot of different freebies that we would give out because what what person doesn't love to get some freebies? Exactly. <laughs> and so I created a trifold brochure that talked about joining our industry, how we want them to be a part, and how do they get there? And it wasn't just for architectural millwork, but it was our partners. So on one panel, it has, if you want to be a planner, like an architect, a designer, a food uh, service uh, designer and representative, here's what you need. You need a college degree. You need, you know, so it tells you what you need. And then it also says when you're in school, here's what you should study, which would be STEM. And then the middle panel is for architectural woodworking. And you do not need a college degree. You don't even need a degree at all. It can be an entry level, uh, you know, um, position that you take. But having a background in STEM as well is very, very important. And then we have like our metalsmiths, so that if you're interested in working in metal, here's what you need. So the brochure is not just about Burke Architectural Millwork, but it's about joining the entire industry. And of course, we have a survey, so that's the last of the S's. And so at the end, those there's a short um, survey that asks questions like, has this tour changed your mind about manufacturing? Yes or no. Do you see yourself working in this industry? Yes or no. And so the results of it are stunning because 90% of students after coming through our shops say that they would consider coming and working in our industry. Outstanding. That's incredible. It really is. No, 
again, I think it's just a, it's a tremendous model, if you will. And, and like you said, as, as you went through there, it, it's, it can, it contains all those key variables, those ingredients, if you will, it's that, it's that communication, it's the connection, it's the networking. You know, when you talked about selling it to me, you know, what, what I was hearing is also believing in it, you know, it, 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 you believe in it and, and it's that, it, that's, it manifests in, in how you articulate it, how you sell it. Absolutely. 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 I mean, if, Every day when I go into the, you know, on the shop floor and I fall in love with a piece that we're making, that is the best of all worlds, doesn't it? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. No, I, and it's and also I think it's sort of throughout it's that passion. It's that passion for the profession and, and it's that passion for wanting others, you know, to, to have that avenue or that pathway so that they can enjoy that as well, uh, without a doubt. Uh, well, we're at that point now in the uh, in the broadcast here where I, I, I want to see if there's anything else, uh, Professor Victor Burke, that you would like to um, to share uh, with our listeners that we haven't discussed uh, uh, previously. So I would like to say that I believe that this is now the golden age of apprenticeships. And by writing this new apprenticeship, which is competency based, was, I think, transformative, not only for our industry, but also for, uh, for every person who is um, going in, in from high school into the workforce. And it's not just the apprenticeships in, let's say, woodwork manufacturing, but there are many newly created apprenticeships that are being developed or have been developed that I think are definitely worth a look for students and to have their parents look at this with them. Absolutely. Without a doubt. Well said. Thank you. Uh, again, thank you, Professor Victor Burke, for being our guest today uh, for this month's uh, Future Insight podcast. We appreciate that. Thank you so much. Certainly. And thank you, listeners, for joining us for another episode of Future Insight. Until next time, stay well and take care. <laughs>